Uh, welcome, my loves. It's rainy outside, and there's lots of standing water on the road, so beware of hydroplaning. I went through a couple of lakes on my five-mile drive into work. It's amazing I didn't pull a Ted Kennedy, but I would have saved the girl before servicing myself, just for the record. Anyway, uh, Josh Schmidt is at Master Control, and, um, you know, I, I, find it, I find it kind of funny because, uh, you know, last week uh, David Bellavia said he was embarrassed by the Chinese balloon and its uh, incursion into American airspace. I'm also embarrassed by it. I'm embarrassed by the fact that a country that used to be a first world country where you ordered a prescription and it was ready within 20 minutes is now a country where you go to the drugstore and they say, yeah, you know what? We know you need it, but it's not here, and we don't know when it's coming in. Oh, yeah, and none of our other locations have it either. That's a second-rate country. That's not a first-rate country. I don't know why we have deteriorated uh, as we have deteriorated, but <clears throat> I no longer feel like I'm living in a, a first-world country, more like a second-world country. Uh, but anyway, uh, as far as uh, war with China, Air Force General predicts war with China in 2025, tells officers to prep by firing a clip at a target and aim for the head. I hope I am wrong. My gut tells me we will fight in 2025, said General Mike Minahan in a memo sent to the officers he commands and obtained by NBC News. A four-star Air Force general sent a memo to the officers he commands that predicts the United States and China will be at war in two years and uh, tells people to get ready. We have another analyst over the weekend, you might have seen this article, uh, says, look, America, you're missing the point on the balloon. The balloon isn't just a balloon, it's a message. It's a new vocabulary. It is China telling its citizens to get ready for a war with the United States. And here's the kicker, guys. Mentioned this earlier. China's standing army, uh, the trained soldiers, they've been through the process, okay? They've been assigned. They have specialties. They're already in their pipeline, ready to fight. Two to two and a half million. Ours, less than half a million. Less than half a million. China also has hypersonic missiles. That should concern you very much because the Falklands War back in the 1980s between Argentina and Great Britain, saw missiles, not even hypersonic missiles, just ordinary missiles, exosets, taking out vessels that you would have thought would have been afloat after a hit by a missile, but they went to the bottom of the sea. The General Belgrano, I think, was one of them for Argentina. Great loss of life. And was it the Sheffield that the Brits lost because of a missile? Um, but the point is, missiles were used, just conventional missiles in that war, and they took out sturdy naval vessels. I don't care how big your aircraft carrier is or how sturdy you think it is, uh, you get hit by five hypersonic missiles at the same time, you're not going to have an aircraft carrier. You, you will not have an aircraft carrier. And you ought to be concerned about that. Now, I've seen the um, defense... Um, uh, um, uh, videos on the Gerald Ford, okay, and it does have laser defenses, but uh, I don't know—is it going to be able to—is going to be able to keep up with the swarms of drones or the swarms of hypersonic missiles that uh, China will launch at our aircraft carriers? And they will be target number one by China. 
because World War II taught us that the old days of naval warfare going, uh, you know, port to starboard and firing cannons at each other, that is over. The, for, the, the purpose of a Navy is basically to protect naval air power, and the sea battles of World War II were fought in the air. Battle of Midway, Battle of the Coral Sea. They were air battles, and and the fleets didn't even come into contact with each other. The, the planes that were parts of those fleets did most of the time. Uh, obviously, that doesn't count for submarines because there's always somebody saying, well, you forget submarines. No, I didn't forget submarines. Uh, but anyway, do you believe we will be at war with China? I have come to the conclusion that it is inevitable. Is it going to be 2025? I don't know. But what really concerns me, and don't hate me for saying this, I think we as Americans are a little bit cocky. Well, we beat the Brits in 1776, we whooped them in New Orleans in the Battle of uh, War of 1812, Civil War, the North beat the South, Spanish-American War was a cakewalk, we ended World War I by Pershing going over there with his guys, and World War II, that was won all by America. America! Um, we forget about that Korean-Vietnam thing. Well, we did kick ass in Grenada and Panama, didn't we? And Afghanistan, well, let's leave that off the table. Um, this country can lose a war. There has not been a country in the history of the world that has been incapable of losing a war. And forgive me for preaching, and I want to, I, I want to take your telephone calls, but, you know, in 19, from 1939 to about 1942, Nazi Germany looked absolutely invincible. The only chink in its armor came in 1940 when the Germans tried to soften up Great Britain for an invasion, Operation Sea Lion. But to the Luftwaffe and Hermann Goering's surprise, the Brits had better equipment. They had the, the Hurricane Spitfire and the uh, was it uh, Marine Spitfire. They had some great. They had great fighter planes. And the kill rate was generally two to one in favor of the RAF over the Luftwaffe during the raids uh, that they pulled. Then the Germans come up with the buzz bombs, the V1s. And then most frighteningly, our good buddy Werner von Braun, um, former SS, Allgemeine SS man, who put us on the moon in the United States, uh, he invented the V2 rocket, which was the first intercontinental ballistic missile. And where the rockets come up, who cares where they come down? That's not my department, says Werner von Braun, if I can steal the words of a song. Uh, anyway, 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. And it's just, it was ama it's amazing to me, you know, to read the transcripts of the Nuremberg war crimes trial and realize that the guy who headed NASA for the United States should have been in that dock at Nuremberg, but he wasn't because we wanted the technology he knew about, so the Russians didn't get it. Uh, we talk about show trials, and boy, Albert Speer pulled a fast one. He should have gotten the death penalty, uh, but he got out of it because he said he tried to kill... Oh, never mind, I'm rambling. Will the United States be at war with China? 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. I mean, the Germans were so cocky at the beginning of the Second World War that... Reichsmarschall Hermann Goering said, if a bomb ever falls on Berlin, you can call me Herr Meyer. So very shortly thereafter, the Brits did drop bombs on Berlin. And then people started jokingly referring to him as Herr Meyer behind closed doors. Uh, let's go to Joe in Niagara Falls. 
didn't want to be accused of defeatism by the Gestapo uh, or the SD. Here is uh, Joe in Niagara Falls. You're on WBEN. Hello. Hi, Tom. Hey, um, I don't think we're ever going to go to war with China. And I, I, this is just my opinion. I'll tell you why. I think the communists are uh, the money that they're getting, their economy is so strong right now because of the United States. If they were to uh, cause an explosion over here or, or something like that or declare war on us, that would just all disappear. And as far as them going to uh, into Taiwan, actually, if they do go into Taiwan, I think the United States would just hit them with sanctions. And uh, I think the communists, uh, you know, they base their government on money, and that's what they care about, money. That's why they have all the minerals and everything. That, that's what they like. I don't think they're, uh, you know, as far as comparing it to what happened in past history, I think that's, uh, that's you know, it's apples and oranges because technology's changed all that. Oh, and- no, 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 no. It's not about technology. It's about human mindset. And the human mindset has been the same since the Neanderthals. You're thinking of it in the wrong way. Um, appeasement is appeasement, and going to war is going to war. Don't think of this in terms of technology. Think of it in terms of human emotions and whose is bigger. Well, yeah, I guess you can look at it that way. Everybody's different. But, you know, if you look in the past, well, look, at they shot down Gary Powers over the Soviet Union, and uh, there was no war after that. As far as that balloon going over, I don't think that really means much of anything. They, they, they found it. They, they didn't say there was any type of armament on it or anything like that. Spying on other countries is something that's been done for, you know, centuries. It's just like, I, I think... Uh, well, we executed we executed Germans who landed on a submarine on Long Island back during World War II. We just executed a balloon off South Carolina. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you look at it, uh, I think the worst that's going to come of this is, you know, there's a lot of corruption in Ukraine. I mean, that's been proven. And the administration that's in uh, Washington right now, uh, you know, I mean, anybody knows anything about it, kind of would kind of have to think that they like corruption. I think that China and the United States would probably benefit from that war in uh, Ukraine. I mean, probably be a good time to uh, buy some stock in Grumman or General Dynamics or or defense contractors because you might see some uh, uh, Ukrainian. Uh, train pilots in some F-16s or F-15 Eagles or something over there fighting. But I, I don't think there's ever going to be a nuclear war. I, I think that was proven uh, in the Cold War. I think if there's ever going to be a nuclear explosion over here, it would have been happening when the uh, Soviet Union had all its power. Well, here's, here's, what, here's what concerns me, sir. Here's what concerns me. One of the biggest issues with the Cuban Missile Crisis was that the, 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 the Soviets could launch nuclear missiles that would cover most of the United States, including most of our strategic air bases. We would have five minutes warning. I repeat, five minutes warning. That's not even enough to get the president to Mount Weather uh, or whatever the hell it's called. Um, so everybody in the southeast United States and southwest United States um, would have died if the missiles had gone off. And imagine if we'd done an airstrike and even five nukes uh, got sent into major American cities. It would have been catastrophic. Look what an earthquake just did in Syria and Turkey. 17,000 souls are gone. That's like the population of Grand Island. Right, yeah, yeah, I understand that. But uh, you have to, you know, you have to look at it, uh, look at the history and what happened after the uh, nothing. Because anybody that, sends a nuclear arm over here into the United States is, is, is almost 
committing suicide. I well, mean, not not necessarily. Not necessarily. If you use hypersonic nukes, they might be too fast and too many for any defense system to shoot down. And if if we can be caught flat-footed, you know, we've got the obviously we've got the nuclear submarines, but if Washington's wiped out and our major uh, uh, military facilities are wiped out, who's going to give them the order to fire? Well, um, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know really that much about military procedure, but I know if uh, the United States military wants to eliminate you and your country, you're going to be eliminated no matter what happens over here. Yeah, I, I wish I, I wish that was true, sir. I, I thank you very much. I, I appreciate I appreciate the call. Uh, different opinion, obviously, but see, they're they're talking right now in Washington about sanctions against China and companies that do business with China. And if you will remember in history, when the Japanese started being all bellicose uh, with their Southeast Asia co-prosperity sphere and invading Manchuria and and being a-holes elsewhere, what did the United States do? The United States put an oil embargo on Japan. And what did that force Japan to do? That forced Japan to be even more invasive. So... Sanctions, we put sanctions on Japan, or I'm sorry, we put sanctions on the People's Republic of China that they feel are detrimental to them almost in a lethal way. How do you think they're going to react? I mean, you got to be you got to be careful with with sanctions and we should learn from history. And I, I think history is very important to this discussion. Why? Because people don't change. Technology gets better, but people don't change. And I also remember a story from the Old Testament, um, which bores the hell out of me, I don't mind telling you, but uh, about, uh, I don't know, a David and Goliath situation where a certain person was a little bit over cocky and was felled by a much smaller person. Just saying. Uh, Let's go to Wallace in East Aurora on uh, WBEN. Hello. Oh, thanks, Tom. I believe there will probably be no war in China because we'll be taken over by 2040 without a shot being fired. And I read a book, The 100-Year Marathon, which is a blueprint, actually, of what they're doing, and I'm following it, and they're doing just what they say. They advertise what they're going to do. China wants Okay, they, they is who? China? China wants to accommodate the world. Pardon? I was asking who they were. You used a pronoun, and I wasn't sure the subject of the pronoun was China. I'm sorry, I we're cutting out. What I, I didn't know what you're asking. Okay, China has a plan to take us over for 100 years. Well, the 100-year plan has started in 1940, and when they realized how they were uh, put down with the uh, um, opium do- uh, do- domes and that, there, there were those people who were being drugged. Now they're drugging us with their fentanyl. So I mean, it, it's it's laid out in this book by Pillsbury, and. Uh, there won't be a shot fired. They won't have to. And you're probably aware that China just bought two seaports in New York City, and they also have seaports in uh, West Coast, Texas, uh, Florida, and they'll control the supply chain. Look what happened with COVID. We are on our knees, the U.S. and the whole world. So I, I see they're moving by their plan, and to me it's quite obvious. Uh, all right. Uh, kind of frightening to uh, think about, man. Thank you. I, I appreciate the call. Um, they are moving to block the Chinese purchase of some farmland near one of our uh, missile bases, I believe, uh, somewhere in the Midwest. Um, so maybe what our caller says is absolutely true. But 
uh, remember, the Ch- China was at a civil war um, as the Japanese were invading, and the Chinese communists and the Chiang Kai-shek people got together to fight the Japanese invaders. Then after Japan was invaded in the Second World War, China was actually one of the nations that took part in the Tokyo war crimes trials that resulted in the hanging of Tojo and a few of the other Japanese officials. So we have not always been um, hostile with China. Uh, but once the communists took over, if you will remember your history, who helped North Korea in its war against South Korea and almost pushed the Americans into the sea? The Chinese. And what did MacArthur want to do? Douglas MacArthur. He wanted to bomb north of the Yalu River to cut off the Chinese troops from getting into North Korea. Harry Truman said, oh, no, you don't, and fired Douglas MacArthur. A lot of people in Korea thought that was a betrayal of our soldiers. He was just trying to win the war, uh, but... uh, Harry Truman in 1952 or thereabouts uh, was concerned that uh, uh, MacArthur was going to end up starting World War III. So, uh, but the the whole issue with sanctions again, you know, if, if you gotta, I, I I firmly believe that you you need to look to the past for guidance uh, into the future. There are lessons to be learned f- from appeasement. There are also lessons to be learned about alliances that you might not like, like with the Soviet Union, but that are necessary for your own national security. Winston Churchill was no fan of Stalin. He was no fan of communism or the Soviet Union, as I've explained before, but he understood that his, his national security was placed in danger by Nazi Germany. So when the Nazis moved into the Soviet Union, Churchill was absolutely thrilled, took the pressure off of him. And when you, when you look at the German strategy in the Second World War, for as good as the Wehrmacht was originally and the Luftwaffe was originally, um, their strategic plan was just awful. They learned nothing from the First World War whatsoever. And as a matter of fact, and those of you of Polish descent can be very proud of the fact that the Wehrmacht and the Luftwaffe suffered devastating losses uh, when it invaded Poland. When they invaded Poland, uh, Poland, despite not having a very big military or a modern military, was able to take out a lot of German equipment uh, in a what four or five week campaign. Of course, it didn't help that our buddies, the Soviets, invaded Poland from the east uh, as Germany was going in from the west. But uh, show for another day. Uh, but anyway, it is uh, 327 at News Radio 930 WBEN. I thought I'd do something light today. Uh, so many of you were so concerned about the Chinese balloon last week, but I think you're missing the big picture. Are we heading for a war with China? The balloon, my opinion, was a language, it was a new vocabulary. I'll steal a word, steal a phrase from 13 days. That is the Chinese communicating to us and communicating to their own people that they're ready for a war. You start, you start going into the sovereignty of somebody else's airspace, that raises tensions. Now, the guy earlier mentioned the U-2. Isn't it interesting that we're still flying U-2s, and a U-2, and I talked about it during the balloon situation, a U-2 actually was able to get high-definition pictures of the array at the bottom of the balloon, so we knew that it wasn't a weather balloon. So uh, stay with us on News Radio 930 WBEN. And uh, Francis Gary Powers might have survived unbelievably being shot down in his U 2 over the Soviet Union, but he died in a helicopter crash in Los Angeles. And he had some interesting things to say about Lee Oswald, but we'll save that for another day. 
Uh, yes, Bert Bacharach had a hand uh, in this song, as did three others. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. And uh, talking about uh, China and are we going to be at war with China? And I'll add into that what lesson from history is the most appropriate in this case? What is the most appropriate lesson in this case? Now, you've got a Chinese expert saying that uh, the Chinese government is preparing its citizens for war anytime with the United States. You've got a four-star Air Force general telling his troops uh, that, hey, guess what? Um, you, sh- you should be ready for a war with China by 2025. We've got a former national security advisor and uh, big shot in the military, McMaster, also putting out the same kind of warnings. So what do they know that we don't know? What aren't they telling us? Not to mention these Chinese police stations that are opening up in other countries, such as the United States, and they had one in Dublin that was just closed down. Canada is looking into some Chinese police stations. It's just, it's ballsy. It really is, it's ballsy. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. And, and just to make your day a little bit brighter, um, North Korea just had its biggest ever military parade, including enough missiles to overwhelm any of our defenses on the West Coast. Just thought you'd like to know. Let's go to Scott in uh, East Aurora on WBEN. Hello. Hey, Tom, this is a great topic. I'm glad you're talking about it because it's the big, number one issue in the world. Number one issue, number one threat to the world right now and to our country. Well, it's a lot bigger than the balloon. I mean, the, the balloon the balloon was like the squirrel. Everybody's like, oh, look at the squirrel. But the bigger issue is the tree. It's the symptom, yeah. it was just, And the CCP is the most, I mean, COVID, COVID proved it. The most dangerous thing to the planet right now is the CCP. The, um, I, I do think, is war inevitable? I think it is. But there's a, I've been following this really closely. I, don't, I think with the things China is doing, I don't think China is ready yet militarily. Um, the reason I say that is because there's a, a report. I heard a fascinating interview recently with a, a reporter for Breitbart who covers geopolitics, and she really had her finger on the pulse with what's going on with China. And a lot of their moves are, are dictated by the fact that they're not ready militarily, like what they did with the virus, like what they – the way – the way they're stealing intellectual property, the way that they're buying off our celebrities, they're buying off our athletes, like the NBA, they're buying off our politicians. So these are, they're doing all these things because they, I think they will be ready, but right now they're not. So they're doing all these things instead of the actual fight. So uh, at what point do you expect this inevitable war is going to happen? Well, the thing about it is, um, I mean, they want Taiwan, right? I mean, we all know that. And I think that's a matter of time. And um, see, it's, I, I would think it's going to happen sooner rather than later because they're, they're watching closely what – I mean, we're, we're so – I mean, the, the people in power right now, particularly in the White House, are so inept. And with what's happening with, with, with Ukraine, never should have happened. Should, could have been over back in April. Never should have happened. And we – see, our problem is – another reporter said this and made so much sense. We, have, we know how to throw money at that situation. We know how to throw weapons at that situation, but we have no strategy. And the money and the technology and the weapons don't mean a thing without strategy. We don't have one. And China knows that. And so the question is, when, when they go after Taiwan, you know, that, that, then the question is going to be, that's, I mean, that's, that's a way more of a strategic interest to the U.S. than Ukraine is, way more. And we all know that. So it's what, you know, then we get pulled in. And the other side of it is, and you know this, I mean, Eisenhower talked about this how many years ago. We have, we have people, particularly in Washington and in the defense industry, who, I mean, they, they, they want this. They, they, they want this, they want what's happening in Ukraine, and they, they, they want war because they want, they want money. 
Yeah, the well, Eisenhower talked about the military-industrial complex in his farewell address yep. uh, to the nation. Um, I've watched that entire speech several times. I'm familiar with it. Um, but as far as the uh, as far as Taiwan, it, it's just my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's a sending Americans to die for Taiwan. I think is a tough. I think it's a tough sell. Most Americans couldn't pick Taiwan off a globe. I, I agree with you. I mean, I don't. I don't I don't want any of this to happen, and that's the, the the thing about it is, I mean, that that's that will be what it comes down to because, you know, one, once, no, nobody, no one has the stomach for, I mean, for 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 troops right now. At least the general public doesn't. I mean, we we spent all that time and money and and blood and treasure in Iraq and Afghanistan for what, for what, you know, I mean, what. So what? So no no one here has the stomach to do it again. And China China knows that too. They're they're thinking, okay, let's see if they if they really want to put their men over here to to defend Taiwan. Because your average person, you know, myself included, yeah, I don't want, I don't want our troops doing it. But you know, we may not. There may be a point where, in some way, shape, or form, you have such an interest in Taiwan. You know, the key of it is to stop it from happening. But this, you know, you got a guy who's owned by China in the White House right now, so he he, he has no no control over any of this. So, what does the balloon mean to you? Um, it was, it it was so pathetic that we allowed it to happen. And that they they lied about it the way and the way that they let it go over the entire country like that that was that was a big middle finger from China saying look what we can do and you're not even going to do anything and that's because they own that guy they own you know through his kid and his brother they own him and he'll he'll never admit that but he's that that guy is the the worst thing one of the worst things ever happened in this country. Uh, well, then uh, you know tr- it happened on Trump's watch too, but supposedly we didn't know about that. Are, are you buying that? Because if we've got satellites that uh, can see if your armchairs or your uh, your lawn chairs are on your patio, how the hell did we miss a balloon and call it an unidentified aerial phenomena? Because a balloon doesn't move anything like a UFO. I don't know if I buy it because I mean the press hates Trump so much. I figured that would have gotten out somehow just so they just so they could rub his face in it. They just hate that guy. I mean, it, their their hatred for him is is so irrational and out of control. But may, you know, I don't know. I don't believe anything that the Pentagon says. Very little to nothing. And why is that? Because they've been lying for how long now? You know, and, uh, and about what? About what? Well, um, I mean, we like, we could go, we could go back to weapons of mass destruction. I mean, and that's not that's not the first time the Pentagon. I just I don't trust the Pentagon at all right now because I think so many of those. So many of those people are in bed with the defense industry, and they they have an agenda that's financially related. You know, they want they they want to use the equipment that they got. Well, what good is it having a toy if you don't get to use it? Um, yeah. All right, thank you, Scott. Appreciate thank the you. call. Are we going to have a war with China? Um, can't believe that we're actually having this conversation, but. More and more, I'm hearing it out there in the mainstream media, and I'm also hearing it among people. And it started, interestingly enough, with the balloon. The balloon was like the tipping point in the conversational framework. Uh, let's go to Mike in Fort Erie. You are on WBEN. Hello. Hi, Tom. Uh, good to talk to you. Can you hear me okay? Of course. Yeah. I think, yes, I, 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 when I look back in history, I, I look at uh, World War I as as all the pieces coming together the war to end all wars um and and so you have strong money interests uh on the on on our side that are making that that stand to make a lot of money 
with, uh, with, with a confrontation with, uh, with China. And I think it's also related to Ukraine. So we, uh, as your previous caller said, this war could have been, uh, this war could have been over in April. It actually never needed to start, never needed to start. Russia's Russia's whole thing all along was to protect the Russian speaking population in the Donbass and 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 have uh, Ukraine return to a NATO stance or uh, sorry, a, a neutral stance as opposed to wanting to join NATO and putting putting NATO right on its doorstep. So if that had been resolved earlier, there would be no war in Ukraine. But now what do we have? We have the West pumping, including Canada, sending, sending, uh, trying to escalate the situation in Ukraine. So that at some point will reach a red line where, where perhaps Russia uh, decides to nuke a Ukraine or unveil the nuclear weapons. Now, part of that supply chain for Russia now is North Korea and Iran. Both of those countries are, are heavily allied with China. And then you have the semiconductor situation with Taiwan. So you have South Korea, Japan manufacturing some semiconductors, but the big the the, the big enchilada is in t- Taiwan, uh, and uh, as far as uh, making sophisticated uh, uh, high end um, semiconductors, and the U.S. Is, has handcuffed China on semiconductors because they're forbidding um, uh, Taiwan from selling those high end semiconductors to China if they're used with either American technology or American software or with the uh, the one machine that's made in the Netherlands that makes these these wonderful things. And 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 everybody seems to think that uh, in order to fight a war, you have to have the latest and greatest semiconductors. And right now, the United States has those uh, and they're doing everything they can to uh, can to protect that that advantage that they have. But if that advantage, for whatever reason, China is branching off, it seems, and developing their own their their own line of technology, but they're years behind. I think the previous caller had said that. But as far as building up ar- armaments and nuclear weapons, they're they're on the fast track right now. So yeah, they've I, had the largest we, military buildup of any country since World War II. Exactly. So what we're what we have is a tinderbox. That uh, that if you look at, if you look at when when the U.S. started started treating I think it started under Trump, where they started uh, treating China as an adversary. China instead of retaliating directly to the United States, they haven't really done that. But if you look, they cut off uh, uh, they cut off iron ore iron ore purchases from Australia. They surrounded they sent a, an armada of what they called fishing boats to the to the coast of Philippines in Filipino waters uh, all 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 staffed with militia but they said oh they're they're seeking shelter from a storm uh, um, Taiwan of course we know what they've done with Taiwan flyovers and whatnot Japan they're infringing in their space so all of these all of these players that are tied to the United States as allies uh, India for instance all right sir I got I got a break i'm glad i'm glad you called thank you uh let's go to tim in uh, lakeview on wben tim will the united states go into a war against china um i have my doubts only because our economies are so intertwined uh that i think it would be um economic suicide by both countries to uh to go to war at this point 
Econ- so. Well, but uh, China wants to rule the Pacific, and some people say China wants to rule the world. I mean, you've got the you've got these um, national security experts and military experts saying, get ready by 2025. You've got a China expert saying this balloon was all about sending a message to the Chinese people, get ready for a war that can break out at any time. You've got the largest expansion of the mili- of any military since World War II undertaken by China in recent years. I mean, does that sound like just a bunch of uh, peace and love? No, it sounds like a lot of saber-rattling. I mean, it certainly could happen, but uh, I just feel that uh, it would make a you know, bad situation worse with uh, the economies uh, at this point. We've all caused this problem by uh, intertwining our economies with China, so uh, I think it would, it would just it would paralyze both countries. Uh, all right, interest, interesting take. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, are we heading for war with China? What's the takeaway from the Great Balloon Incident of 2023? What's the takeaway? And you know, it's 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 just interesting to me because three weeks ago, if I'd have done this show, I don't think anybody really would have cared. But it took a stupid balloon for people to start saying, "Okay, what is China up to?" And what do we do about it? And I think one of the smartest things we could do, and you might disagree with this, but I referenced the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962 earlier, and one of the best things we did at the United Nations was to show the United Nations evidence that the Soviets were lying, that they did have offensive nuclear missiles in Cuba. Basically, we blackened the Soviet Union's eye in front of the United Nations. Their ambassador was caught lying, and Adlai Stevenson, not known exactly to be a lionheart, um, he called out the Soviets. I think what we need to do is bring this spy balloon to the United Nations and say, China says this was a weather balloon. Here are the components of what we shot down. This is not a weather balloon. This is a spy balloon. We call on the People's Republic of China to answer the question. And yes, we are prepared to wait until hell freezes over for the answer. Don't wait for the translation. Something along those lines I think would be good. World opinion. I mean, there's a bunch of other countries whose uh, airspace has been violated by the uh, uh, People's Republic of, of China. And I don't know that the People's Republic of China is really concerned about going to war with Bolivia.